Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. Yeah, I'm your other host, James. And this week, we will be getting into Season 3, Episode 3, Faith, Hope, and Trick. Yes, indeed. Which I'm not sure where that last part came from. I was like, is he saying that she's a trick? (laughs) Like, wow. I don't. I mean, it is, you know, he who must not be named, so. Uh, anyway, how are you doing this I week, did. James? Uh, five by five, B. That's why I hear you, dog. I hear you, five by five, B. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which will probably make more sense if you watch this episode. Um, any any uh, news and notes or updates or anything? No, not a one. Not a one. Okay, well, we not are a one. very interesting uh, program. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. You have anything you want to, you want to talk about or anything, James? No, no. I uh, just, you mentioned the, the title of the episode. I think, I mean, once we get into it, I think it's pretty clear where the episode title comes from. Um, that's, it, it, that's interesting. Cause it wasn't clear to me. <laughs> well, it introduced, I, well, the episode introduces the, these three, Two major and one semi-major character. Faith. Right. Scott Hope. Who becomes Buffy's kind of boyfriend over the next few episodes. I didn't realize his last name was Hope. And Mr. Trick. Yeah, and Mr. Trick, who is hilarious. Yes. Probably one of my favorite, uh, not major, but, you know, kind of villain. But God dang, he's just hilarious. He is. Yes, it just um, oozes charisma and charm and hilarity. Yes, yes. All right. Well, why don't you sizzle us up some of those delicious dates and deets? I will throw those into my cast iron and a seasoned uh, cast iron. Yes, of course. Very well seasoned cast iron and uh, and sizzle those up for us as previously stated we are diving into buffy the vampire slayer season three episode three the 37th episode of the series overall faith hope and trick our episode director this week is james a contner and our episode credited writer is david greenwald our original air date was october 13th 1998 on the now defunct wb network our Nielsen rating was 3.9 million households when it first aired. So a little bit of a dip off uh, for us there. Um, it ranked 88 out of the out of 125 original network primetime shows for the week, and fourth out of the 15 original primetime shows on the WB for that week. Our regular cast, as always, includes Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy, Nicholas Brendan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, Seth Green as Oz, and Anthony Stewart Head as Giles. What do you think the three Are, shows were that beat it? Um, on the, on WB. the, C, uh, on the or, WB at this time. Yeah. On the WB at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine probably Dawson's Creek. Um, I forgot about Dawson's Creek at this time. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't look to see what else was on, was airing, um, in '98. 
uh, alongside, but I think I think Charmed was still on. Um, possibly um, Gilmore Girls. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, probably those I, three. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I don't know. I'll have uh, I'll have a little more information uh, next week. We look forward not to about. It. Not about this episode, but about next week's episode. Okay. I'll do a little more research. Uh, our guest stars include Christine Sutherland as Joyce, K. Todd Freeman as Mr. Trick, Fab Filippo as Scott, Jeremy Roberts as Kikistos, Eliza Dushku as Faith, and Armin Shimmerman as Principal Snyder. Um, this is three episodes in a row for, for Joyce. Right. When I saw her, I was like, oh my God, she's almost halfway to being a mother. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil anything, but I kind of liked her in this episode. Yeah, she was more she acted more like it, she should act, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. Given I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it's all like, you know, hugs and cuddles, we love Joyce now. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying I didn't hate her in this episode. Yeah, this is one of the f- few episodes i wasn't like oh you are such a horrible mother in person yeah uh our episode synopsis this week reads buffy's effort to settle into normal life is dashed when she is challenged by an ancient villain and his sidekick that is not accurate at all (laughs) i mean i guess in a roundabout kind of sort of way it is but it's not really in a very general episode synopsis way, it's accurate. I guess. Um, mine reads, A charismatic slayer visits Sunnydale and wins over many of Buffy's friends. Meanwhile, two powerful vampires plot an attack. Which I would say that is way more accurate. See, I don't I don't like I don't always like your synopsises because I feel like it, they give away too much of the episode. Yeah, sometimes they do. They yeah, they they Absolutely, sometimes do. Yeah. Um, but And then yours, a lot of times, are sometimes just, they're just flat-ass wrong. And it's like, who wrote I, that? Did they even I, watch the episode? I I don't... I mean, I've had ones that, like, I, I strongly agree they're not great. But I don't know if any of them have just been flat-out wrong. I feel like the ones I find are very broad, general... I don't know. I think idea I th- of the episode. I think if you go back and listen to some of our older episodes, I think you'll find that there have been some where we're like, "Well, that's not accurate at all," <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering. It's probably just my dementia kicking in. <laughs> On the plus side, you won't remember, right? <laughs> <laughs> we open, and Willow uh, uh, is kind of rambling to Oz outside uh, Sunnydale High about how they're seniors now and they're allowed to go off campus for lunch. And um, she seems all excited about it, but it takes Xander and Cordelia and Oz kind of physically walking her (laughs) off campus and uh, not very far off campus, but off campus into kind of a, a grassy uh, area. It was a grassy knoll. A grassy knoll um, <laughs> where they proceeded to shoot JFK. <laughs> yes. And, well, Buffy was already set up with the rifle and the funny yes. cowboy hat. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah. They were like, what are you? And then just a bullet whizzed by their heads. And they're like, what the hell? And they turn around. JFK, half his head was gone. Gone. Just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they walk across to this grassy area, kind of across from, from Sunnydale High. And uh, Buffy's already there, and she's set up a lovely picnic lunch for them. And Because, uh, as we all know, she's still expelled and forbidden from entering school grounds. And they all proceed to talk about um, Buffy's uh, Martha Stewart-like skills. And uh, Willow points out Scott Hope, who's approaching, and um, mentions that uh, he's kind of had a thing for Buffy since last year. And uh, Which, did we walked... ever see any evidence of that? Or um, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Um, I know there was a guy that, that wasn't there a guy last season that, that, uh, tried to ask her out and she, yeah, but it wasn't him. It wasn't this wasn't kid. Him. No, um, was some goober guy. And he, uh, he walks by and says hi to Buffy and, um, they all kind of, uh, it segues into, uh, them talking about uh, Buffy and her mom having a meeting with Principal Snyder uh, the next morning. Then we cut to that night and uh, we see um, a limo uh, pull up through a, a drive through restaurant by the name of uh, Happy Burger. And uh, um, in the back of the limbo, lim, limbo, limo, is a is Mr. Trick, um, very stylish, very charismatic uh, man, and uh, he's talking to uh, another person who's kind of hidden in the the shadows in the limo, and uh, which I never did quite understand why why they hid his identity in this first scene because it's not like we knew who the fuck he was. Right. Um, and uh, the person in the shadows is talking about how he's going to kill the Slayer and rip out her spine and yada yada. And we presume he's referring to Buffy. And uh, um, as he's talking about how he's going to kill the Slayer and suck the marrow from her bones, uh, Mr. Trick, <laughs> Mr. Trick uh, says he's he's hungry now. And he reaches through the window of the limo and grabs the kid working the uh, drive through window and pulls him into the limousine as they drive off. Yeah, this um, poor fucking, like, teenage fucking kid who's just working, like, a $5 an hour burger job gets to be eaten. Yeah. Um, By the way, later on, we do find out that Mr. Trick is, in fact, a pedophile. <laughs> No, I um, mean we literally find out he's a pedophile. When? I'll I'll talk about it when it comes to it. Okay. Um yeah, he vamps out and he uh he pulls the this poor schlub working the, the drive through window out the drive through window and into the 
limousine window and feeds on him as the limo is driving away. I should mention that we do catch a glimpse of of who Mr. Trick is talking to, but all we see is a is a cloven hand. Yeah, literally like a horse hoof hand. Yeah, it looks um, frankly stupid. And uh, that's our cold open. Credits roll. Yeah. Um, question, going back to the beginning of the cold open, at this point they've been in school for s- several days, if not weeks, you know, in their senior year. But they're, uh, Willow acts as though this is, like this is the first time she's gone off campus to eat lunch. It, it pro- it's Willow. It probably is. I don't know. She was just acting like it was the first day of school because she's like, oh, we're seniors now and we're expected to go off campus to eat lunch and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, haven't you been in school for like at the very least several days now, if not a good couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think too much of it. I Like I said, it's Willow. I'm sure she hasn't been off campus yet, especially since it took Xander, Cordelia, and Oz to like physically move her off campus yeah which i was like wow assault much i mean just grabbing people and shit but anyway so anyway we come back and buffy buffy's having another dream and of course it involves angel and they're at the bronze and they're dancing and for some reason all of her friends who does it involve um what is his name uh starts with an What? What? <laughs> wow, I don't even know where this comes from every week. Um, for some reason, her all of her friends are sitting at a table just staring blankly at... Oh, I, I enjoy the curly, uh, the, the, the curly straw there, my friend. That is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but they're all just sitting there watching them like dance i don't know it just seemed weird they were all just like blank staring at them and they're dancing and she's talking about how she misses him and stuff and then her ring falls off that that he had given her and um he picks it up and he starts squeezing it really hard and his hands bleeding and he's like you killed me and she says something else, and he goes, go to hell! And I was like, damn, that escalated. <laughs> and like, then he starts bleeding like in, his, in the place where she would have stabbed him with the sword and blah, 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 blah. And, um, of course, she wakes up startled. And, uh, oh, oh, the last thing she sees is she, he's like, after he screams, go to hell, then the it goes back to him again, the camera does, and now he looks kind of like, like a zombie, like all chewed up and fucked up, and he's like, I have, and like evil laughter, and then then she wakes up, and um, she wakes up to mom, like right in her face, and she's like, good morning, sunshine, you ready to go see the beast? And it's like, whoa, let me wake up, woman. And, uh, so then we cut to Principal Snyder's office, and um, he's informing Buffy that she will be readmitted into school, um, but she has to do all these bullshit tasks, which apparently I'm assuming she actually never does except for the makeup tests that she had to take. But all right. these other 
little um, things he p- tried to put in place apparently never happened because you never really hear about them ever again. So, But what it boils down to is the school board had actually over overruled him and uh, Buffy kind of rubs it in and everything. And her and Joyce uh, leave the office having pretty much owned prof- uh, Professor <laughs> Principal Snyder. And she's going to be back and, in school. And this was this was the f- first time in this episode where I was kind of like, okay, I don't I don't hate Joyce right now. Yeah, because she, she was, like, was like, yeah, she because she's like, like Buffy, like completely like tears Snyder a new one about how like the school board overruling him like means he's ineffective at his job and everything else. Yeah. And Joyce never once tries to stop her. And then in fact, get gets up and is like, I think what my daughter is trying to say is. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. I was like, wow. Okay. Like, Joyce. Okay, Joyce. Points, points, like, points for trying, I guess to sound right. Cool, I but... was like, all right, I don't hate you right now. Um, so then the Buff and the Wilster go to the library and because uh, Giles had asked to meet him there and Buffy's like, you think he's mad? And Willow's like, no, because when he is, he, he, he makes this clucking sound with his tongue and then Giles appears behind them. <laughs> he's heard the whole thing. And Anyway, he's wanting Buffy's help because he's wanting to perform this binding spell on a on Akathla's... Um, tomb i guess you want to call it to make sure like maybe it could it can never be opened again so he's having to get like details of like how she defeated him and like the last the final minutes of the battle of defeating him and angel and everything and buffy pretty much answers his questions but um leaves out the fact that that angel's soul had actually been restored right before she had to kill him, send him to hell to save the world. And um, then Buffy has to rush out because she has, she has one of those makeup exams. This one's for English. And uh, and Willow talks to Giles, trying to persuade him that she can help with the spell and all that and kind of reveals that she's been doing a few um, minor spells here and there, you know, levitating, what you say, feathers and... Uh, fire onto ice, but she's like, I won't do that on the bedspread anymore, and <laughs> things of that nature. And he's, she's like, you're not mad at me, are you? And he's like, no, of course not. If I were, I'd be making a clucking sound with my tongue. <laughs> and then we cut to the bronze, and we have that oh-so-90s bronze-style music playing. Now, this our our, our bronze band is actually uh, Darling Violetta. Yes, I I knew I recognized them immediately. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, they will go. They will go on to write the theme song for Angel. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, I didn't know that. I do enjoy that theme yes. song. It's a good theme song, as you know. You can tell since we play it <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so anyway, I, they're at the bronze and. Now I noticed something as the as the camera's panning panning into the bronze. First, it shows you know the sign outside the bronze, then it goes in, inside the bronze and it pans through the 
through the crowd and the band and everything, and you, you can see Faith, that we haven't met her yet, but you can see her dancing on the on the dance floor. <sighs> Let's... <laughs> Go back and watch it sometime if you're bored. Just that little that little clip right there, because she is clearly not dancing to whatever the fuck music is playing. <laughs> like she's just doing her own thing, and it's it's not timed with anything. It's it's pretty fucking funny. But anyway, uh, Willow and or yeah, Willow and Oz are uh, sucking face big time, and Buffy shows up and she's like, "Oh, don't let me interrupt." And she's got drinks, which is which is clearly booze. Um, underage booze, you know, at the bronze. So she's, uh, (laughs) she reveals that she passed her English makeup test and, you know, she's happy to be getting her life back in order and everything. And, and, uh, and then old Scott shows up and starts laying, laying down some lines on her. He's, he's interested and, um, asks her to dance, but she kind of, excuses her way out of it, you know, makes some excuses up and stuff. And he's like, well, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go hang out by the dance floor. And then if you, if you change your mind, you know, mosey on over. And Oz is like, he should, he should get points for using the word mosey. And, hmm. uh, so, uh, Cordy and Xander come over at that point and join the group. And, uh, Cordy, what it how does she I forget what she call how she says that about Faith. She's like Miss Miss um I don't know. Uh, uh, Miss Slut basically is what she's saying about Faith, who we haven't met yet. Um She's like look how she's you know acting and uh, Slutorama. Yeah, Miss Slutorama, yeah. She's like Look at how she's acting, and that guy she's dancing with, he's, like, doing straight-up, like, Saturday Night Fever fucking disco dancing, and she's like, when's the last time he danced? Was it to uh, uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band? And and so Buffy starts watching closely, and there he's definitely dancing very strangely. And then he and this girl leave together. And she's like, yeah, I don't think there's anything about him that's uh, into the sunshine. So she follows after. She gets outside, and and uh, the gang joins her. And they're like, you know, where do you think they are? And then they hear some, just some ruckus in the distance. So they head over there. And indeed, this is a vampire. And he grabs this young woman by the throat and she's like, this isn't going to hurt. And she's like, yeah, it is. And she just starts fucking wrecking him, just beating his ass. And I think it's Xander. Is it Xander who says, huh, I guess there's another. Uh, 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 Oz. Oh, it's Oz. Okay. He says, I guess there's another Slayer in town. And uh, so she's kicking his ass. And then she comes, she's like, she obviously knows who Buffy is because she's like, oh, I got this B. Or buff. She says, I got this buff. And then she's like, can I borrow that? And she grabs Buffy's uh, steak, and then she finishes off the vampire and tosses the steak to him and or back to Buffy. And she's like, thanks, B. Couldn't have done it without you. And so, bada-bing, we have now met... Well, she hasn't given her name yet, I don't think, but we have met Faith, the new Slayer, who, if anyone's 
confused, this would be Kendra's replacement. We know how Kendra came to be. She she does she introduces herself in that scene. Oh, does she? Okay, my bad. But uh, yeah, she is Kendra's replacement. If you recall, our horribly, uh, horrible, horrible, horrible acted supposed Jamaican uh, slayer who was killed last season has now been replaced, and this is Faith, and. Uh, we cut back inside the bronze, and why don't you take over for a little bit here, James? No, I don't think so. Okay, uh, we cut. No, back. <laughs> uh, we, uh, Faith's telling uh, sordid stories about her slaying to the gang, and um, how since her watcher was called to England uh, for a retreat, she wanted to take an opportunity to sneak away and meet Buffy and compare notes and um, uh, she uh, um, uh, sorry she um, did you have a stroke just now <laughs> I did have a stroke just now um, and she's she uh, she is under the presumption that Giles um is also um, away at the retreat, which he's not. And uh, um, Cordelia chimes in, kind of like it's just occurred to her that uh, um, Faith must have been called as a slayer when Kendra died. And... uh, which it's like, oh. yeah, duh, Buffy's not dead. Right. And um, Faith Faith wants to wants Buffy to share some of her stories and uh, um, ask Buffy what her toughest kill was. And, um, she flashes back to when she had to kill Angel, but then she starts talking about uh, the three. Um and then uh, Xander kind of cuts her off and tells uh, tells uh, Faith that he wants to hear more about the alligator story. Like, um, do we need to talk? We, we need to talk about the fact that Xander has been eye fucking her. Oh yeah, this whole time, right in front of Cordelia. Right in front of Cordelia, because <clears throat> right. she's talking about her being naked at this one situation. And, like, Xander might as well just have his hand in his pants at this point. It's gross. Um, Yeah, because one of the stories Faith is telling is about wrestling an alligator um, in in Missouri. the first story she was telling was about how she <laughs> she rescued a school bus full of uh, church kids while she was naked because vamps attacked the bus in front of her house while she was sleeping and she sleeps naked. It just annoys um, me that how how gross they make Xander all the time, and yeah. at the same time, it's like. 
Dude, you're sitting next to an extremely attractive woman who is right. way out of your league, but you can't be right. happy with that. You right. have, you know, I, I don't get it. Um. So. Yeah, so she asked Buffy what her hardest kill was, and like I said, Buffy flashes back to having to kill Angel to stop Akathla. Um, but then she starts stammering about um, the three. But, and this, I'm counting this as a goof em up and oopsie. Uh, Buffy didn't kill the three. Buffy and Angel ran from the three to Buffy's house. And then Darla killed the three for failing the master. Well, she killed one of them with her ice skate, didn't she? Uh, no, that was one of the Order of Taraka. Oh, oh. Excuse me for confusing them. Yes, okay. Yeah, that's that's when Darla came behind him each each one at a time and Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Alrighty. Um, and then uh uh Willow and Oz kinda of ask Faith her stance on werewolves and Faith says as long as as long as he Oz isn't scratching her or trying to hump her leg, they're cool. Yeah, and she's like when she says before she says that that she looks faith looks at buffy and buffy's like long story <clears throat> and then oz goes i got bit <laughs> and then, and she goes well not that long of a story right um so then uh we cut to poor giles yes we cut to the library where Buffy is introducing um, Faith to Giles, and Giles confirms that there's a Watcher's Retreat going on in England, and he says that he he laments about how great it is, and and, and there, apparently and there's one every year. There's one every year, and he he talks about how exciting and fantastic it is, and what a privilege it is to be invited, and then he says, or so I'm told. Because he's apparently never been invited. Okay. And this the w- <laughs> this begins... I've said this before, and this is where it starts. This begins our, our, our trek down the path of the idea that the active Slayer's Watcher is low fucking man on the totem pole. There's... <laughs> okay. Let's forget about Kendra and Faith. There's one Slayer. There's one Watcher for that one Slayer. Right. You would think he would be pretty high up the totem pole and fairly important to the entire, to the grand scheme of things. However, like you said, this is the beginning of us seeing that he is apparently treated like fucking a leper. We've, I've, I've mentioned this consistently through the course of the first two seasons that we will eventually see that being the active Slayer's Watcher is like an entry level position or <laughs> right? some shit. Right. And, and this is the beginning of that because we, because we find out here that he's never been invited. Yeah, he's never. been a watcher since before. 
he was Buffy's watcher specifically. Right. He comes from a lineage of watchers. Mm -hmm. He's never been invited to the retreat. And you would think, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. I was going to say, so is it, is it, well, what I was going to say is, I guess the argument could be made that the, the active Slayer's watcher is too busy and too important to be called away to a watcher's retreat, you know? Yeah. But, but he's clearly never been invited even before he was the active Slayer's watcher. That's what I, yeah, that, uh, okay. So you're, okay. (laughs) So, so either, so now the theory has to switch to, they just don't fucking like Giles. Maybe, maybe that's it. I, I, we never really get a, a hard answer on that um, all the way up to the end of this show. But you would think, okay, there's only like, usually usually there's like one uh, Slayer for like 20 or so years, if not, you know, more before they're killed or, or what. Because they're almost always inevitably killed. So, in other words, there haven't been a, a shitload of Watchers who have gotten to be the Watcher of the Slayer. So you would think it's a pretty, it's a pretty prestigious pre- thing. Prestigious, the like, okay, you've earned this. We trust you. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna take this girl under your wing and and, and see her through this. No, apparently not. They're like, fuck you. They're like. Oh, there's a new Slayer. That one died. Um, who do we hate the most that we can send to go be this 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 girl's new watcher that we can get rid of? You know, I, I, that's all I can figure. Well, well, also, and we we actually kind of got a hint of this with Kendra. They they're apparently able to determine in some cases, yeah, who like who it could potentially be a Slayer. So presumably they've got, and in some cases that watcher can go and start training Mm -hmm. that young lady Mm -hmm. in advance. Sometimes they kind of, sometimes they have to stay out of their lives, but they keep an eye on them. And in some cases, like with Buffy, they don't know who it is until after she's called. So like presumably, like there's presumably numerous watchers floating around out there on the in the across the world that could be the slayer's potential watcher well i mean buffy's original watcher <laughs> who looked like a high school math teacher if you recall um like who what he just he wasn't killed no he just vanished and like she moved to sunnydale and boom she meets giles i guess it's like no, where you no, he was killed by Merrick. Oh, or no, his his name was Merrick. Shut he up. He was killed. He was killed by. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. So I I, I I don't know. So I don't. I do not understand this Watcher organization at all. There are so many things I don't understand, and it also, and at other times you're like, how poorly run is this organization? Right. You know. Well, and I'm a man like. Based on this scene alone, I'm amending it from that the the position of being the the active Slayer's watcher is like low man on the totem pole to just 
the Watchers Council does not like Giles. That could that could be what it for is for some reason. That could be for what some it reason. is. Maybe they don't like the fact they don't like his Ripper past, and maybe it's they possible. don't fully trust him. And possible. you know, then then why why give him the active Slayer? Right. You would think if they didn't trust him, <laughs> they would say, "Listen, you're going to be a librarian at our headquarters." <laughs> We're right. gonna keep you close to keep an eye on you, you know. So right. I don't, I don't know, man. It's that's what I'm saying. Like any argument you come up with or reasoning you come up with in your head, there's a direct um, contradiction. contradiction to it, and it's like, well, right. then I don't understand. I don't think Joss understood. Like he was right. just making shit up as he went along instead of thinking, like thinking this stuff out, right? Like ahead of time. Also, this is our first confirmation. Our first confirmation that there is a Watchers Council. Yeah, yeah. We we knew there was a an organization prior to this, right. but yeah, this is right. definitely our confirmation of there being the Watchers Council. Right. Um uh so um uh fa- uh Faith and Giles meet and Faith uh Faith says that if uh if she knew that they came so young and what does she say? Young and hunky. She yeah. would have requested a transfer sooner. <laughs> yeah. And, and Buffy's all like, raise your hands if you, and did you notice <laughs> Willow didn't raise her hand? No, but, and Xander started to, but then was like, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, yeah. Willow didn't raise her Willow hand. Willow actually, it, at, you looked at Willow closely and she was like, Right. Um, <laughs> that won't would, play at all on the audio version. That they'll have no idea what that. Um, but yeah, not only does she not raise her hand, but she's kind of looking googly eyed at Giles. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought she had the horns for for. Giles. And I was like, I was like, Miss mm, Rosenberg, same girly, same. <laughs> same Z's. Um, same Z's. Uh, Buffy invites Faith to her house for dinner. Um, well, at- you mean Willow invites Faith to Buffy's house for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then Buffy asks Willow for help studying for her next makeup exam. And um, it, Buffy pretty much gets ignored by everyone. Like they're they're more interested in hanging out with Faith yep. right now. That's because they've um, got to have faith. You, yeah, you got to have faith, faith, and faith, and faith. <laughs> um, so that faith and Xander and Willow leave the library, and Buffy sits down, and um, well, Willow left with Giles because they are going into his office to discuss. To <laughs> Yeah, um you okay. Never mind. You took you you took it out of me. I don't even know what I was going to say now. <laughs> um and Giles starts asking her more questions um and more details about what happened uh when she had to kill Angel and um Buffy kind of gives the same answers she gave before and um leaves the library. And uh we 
cut to Willow and Xander showing Faith around Sunnydale High, and they're uh, pretty much going down a memory lane of all the bullshit they've gone through. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for him to be like, and there's the door that's unlocked that goes to the basement where right. shitloads of people die. <laughs> there's, there's the basement door that's never locked and anyone can has access to it. <laughs> and lots and lots of people have either died or been maimed or otherwise fucked up down there. But the door's still there, and, and it's still unlocked. Yes. So feel free to check that out later if you want, Faith. Um, yeah, they're kind of they're taking a, a stroll down uh, memory lane of all the bullshit that's happened to them there. And Xander's like, this is where Angel almost killed Willow. And Willow's like, that's where Spike and his gang almost slaughtered us all on parent-teacher night. Yeah. And over there is where I got drug into a muddy grave. <laughs> And then fucking Xander's like, over oh, there is where I was peeping around the corner. Or never mind. Never mind. Right. Um, That's and... the hole I drilled in the wall to peep into the girl's locker room because I'm Xander. Right. Um, <coughs> sorry. Um, you should be. So Faith, Faith goes to get some water and uh, she ends up bumping into Scott and they start talking and and flirting and it's about that time Buffy shows up and she sees the two of them kind of flirting with each other and Willow starts talking about how Faith and Scott might hit it off and um, she agrees with Faith, Faith that Buffy needs to find some fun and um, Buffy ends up going over to Scott and Faith and uh, dragging Faith away from from Scott and then we cut to um, what appears to be Mr. Trick uh, and his his Mr. Trick's hideout. And what's happening there, Jeremy? There's a fire. And I don't mean a little fire. This is a straight-up inferno. I'm talking bodies are just... It's so hot, bodies are just disintegrating. Fucking dude. It's a goddamn disaster. Have you ever seen Backdraft? Child's you ever Play. Seen the, you ever seen the Towering Inferno? <laughs> Child's Play. Child's Play. Uh, no, anyway. Um... Fun fun, <clears throat> quick side note. I, I did not like... <laughs> this is so weird. I did not like Kurt Russell as an actor until I saw Backdraft. Mm-hmm. And then he was so good in Backdraft, I went back and watched other Kurt Russell movies, and I was like, this is better than I gave it credit for. I can't I can't think of how many, God, how many Kurt Russell movies were there before that? I mean, like Overboard and... Escape um, from New York. Oh, Escape, yeah, that was, I never was into that, what was the name of no. that character? Snake or something Snake, like that? Snake Plissken. Yeah, I, those were always stupid to me, but... Anyway, we're getting way off topic. Um, <laughs> we're basically in another dark, dank warehouse type um, layer, <clears throat> and Mister Trick uh, is filling in, who appears to be the boss guy. Uh, wait, did, have we? Re they've revealed his face. No, haven't revealed his face. Well, they reveal his face here, but yeah, not in this name. in this scene, yeah. They show his face. He's, well, Giles goes into more detail later, so I'll wait. 
we'll wait and explain his why he looks this way later. Um, uh, so anyway, there. I don't even know how to break this down quickly. Um, in a nutshell, they're after faith. They don't. They didn't realize that there was already a, a another Slayer, Buffy. And he's like, I don't give a fuck how many Slayers there are. I'll kill them all. And Mr. Trick's like, okay, chill out, bro. And he's got this huge, this this boss guy has got this huge, gross, fucking deep scar, like, on his face. And he's like, I'm going to fucking kill her, pay her back for what she did to me. And, and you're all like, hmm, okay. And... Mr. Trick is basically telling him, well, you know, as soon as the sun goes down, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be on it. We'll be out there. We'll find her. And then there's a knock at the door, and Mr. Trick puts on this really long oven glove that goes up to, like, his shoulder. And he's like, supper's here, guys. And he opens the door, and it's a pizza guy, and he just grabs the pizza guy and pulls him inside, and they start eating him. <laughs> he had to put the glove on because it's sunny outside. <clears throat> then we cut to... Buffy's, and they're having dinner, and um, Mom and Faith are talking, and Faith's talking about how she loves slang, and um, blah, 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 and she's like, well, Buffy never talks like that, and I'm like, yeah, because Buffy's not fucking crazy. This chick is obviously <laughs> fucking on something, and uh, at one point, she's like, oh, let me refill your drink for you, Faith, and she goes, Mom goes off to the kitchen, and Buffy follows, and um, basically Buffy's just saying, you know, I'm just not getting my life back. I'm not looking for somebody to come in and fucking borrow half of it. And, you know, at this point, mom has to get a little bit stupid and mm. she always has to get a little dumb. And she's like, well, being there's another one now, maybe you can just let her take over. <laughs> like it works that way. You see, though, I didn't think that was like I didn't think that was dumb. I thought someone I that's not familiar with the whole thing, like it's kind of a logical, like, well, if if she's a slayer, then maybe you could like step aside a little bit and <clears throat> well, maybe not, you know, which isn't it. it it's not something that hasn't been mentioned before. Buffy literally said the same thing when Kendra came onto the scene. Yeah, it's true. I guess, would, I, I guess that's fair enough. But I'm always like, why do they always have to have mom, you know, kind of, well, just have her cool for like a whole episode. <laughs> like have her make sense and be cool for a whole episode. Just one episode. Well, and again, like I said, I don't, like I, like this didn't irritate me about Joyce. Like this, this seemed like, like it wasn't, like I said, like with her not being, as well versed in in the slayer thing and every and whatnot like i didn't feel like it was out of line or like it was kind of a it was kind of an actual mom thing for a change yeah and she's like well so. you're, you're gonna go to college next year and blah 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 and buffy basically has to cut her off and say mom it doesn't work that way and then she kind of go ahead no go ahead go ahead well she kind of slips up and says you only get a new slayer if the old Slayer dies, and Mom's like, "Oh, and Buffy has to spill the beans that she actually did die at one point for 
a minute or so, and uh, that totally tweaks mom out, and she starts pacing the floor, and she's really freaking out now, and Buffy hugs her and, you know, tells her that everything's going to be fine, and, you know, she's good at her job, and she knows how to take care of herself, and yada, yada. What I was going to say is, you know, Buffy says that's not how it works, but why? I don't like, know. Like, but like, realistically, why not? Like, Buffy's right. You only get a new Slayer when one dies. Well, now technically, two Slayers have died. We have a new Slayer. Why can't Buffy just kick back and well, be and a who, normal and, and who would and who would stop her? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I guess you're 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 led to believe that Buffy's just too. Um, She's, she's grown. Too much she's, she's, hero. she's grown very responsible. Right. She's a hero, and she can't just let someone she's, else. You know. She's she's very much thrown herself into the idea that this is her burden and her burden alone to carry. Right. Which I don't think I, is necessarily the right way to think right. of the this, right. but. And I think that's where part of her issue with faith in this episode comes from, even though it's never explicitly stated. Yeah. Yeah. So this next scene, I found this whole, the, the, the whole, the first minute or so of this scene so fucking weird. So it's Buffy and Faith, and they're patrolling that night. This is like after dinner. And um, Faith starts talking about Angel, that she knows about Angel and the whole thing. And they just start fucking verbally fucking sparring. Like, they go from, eh, like, Buffy goes from, like, so-so on Faith to, like, I'm ready to beat the fuck out of you in, like, one minute. It just seems very strange to me. Really? Like how qu- yeah, like, how quickly things went from seemingly fine to she's like, you're a fucking cunt, I'm going to strangle you in this fucking construction facility, you bitch. And I don't know, it just seemed odd to me. No, I didn't. I didn't find it odd at all. So Buffy's already uneasy with how with how um, personable Faith has been with her friends and her mom and with Giles, and now Faith is standing there, uh, presuming to know what what went down with Buffy and Angel, and you know everything encased in that situation. Uh, no, I didn't find it weird at all that Buffy Buffy went off on Faith like that. So you're saying she fucked around and found out? Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. all right. I can buy that. I can buy that. Um, But would you buy it for a dollar? No. I'll buy it for 78 cents on sale, mm. but I won't pay full price. Um, And then some vamps attack. And so they start fighting... Buffy Buffy seems to be fighting two or three vamps at the same time while Faith is f- fighting, like, one vamp. And there's a couple of instances where Buffy needs a little bit of backup, and, and Faith has got this one vamp down, and she's just pummeling it, just punching him, punching him, punching I'm like, you can't kill him that way. <laughs> Stick some wood in his chest, chick. Um <laughs> How long have you even been a slayer? Yeah, like, have you ever even <laughs> killed a vampire? So Buffy finally finishes off her uh, little squad, 
And then she gets over to Faith and pulls Faith off of that one, and they finish it off. And she's like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I needed some fucking backup. Like, that's not how you... The job is, you know, kill vampires and kill demons, you know, not pummel them, to, you know, and pummel them. And Faith, of course, is like, well, if you're not into, you know, doing some damage to a vampire, maybe you're in the long, you know, the wrong line of work. And it's just like, okay. And um, then we cut to Buffy. I think it's the next day. Yeah, it's got to be the next day. And she's, she's yeah. talking to Giles and... um trying to explain that Faith was off the fucking rails. And um, Giles is understanding, but he seems to be giving Faith a bit of leeway. And uh, <clears throat> he uh, he starts <laughs> talking about the retreat again. He's like, I like it. I miss kayaking. I like a good kayak. <laughs> and Buffy's like, you know, come on. And she's like, he's like, okay, so tell me about these vampires, you know, their clothing, any medallions, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, um, how did she say that? She said, well, I hear, I heard one that kept saying I serve. Um, what was it? I, I, I kiss, I kiss something. What was it? Uh, well, anyway, she was saying it wrong and he recognizes the name, uh, how do you even say the real hit, the thing's actual name? Kakistos? Uh, Kakistos. Yeah. Oh, um, Buffy says to the 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 vampire kept saying, um, or mentioned something about kissing toast. He he lived for kissing toast. Yeah, kissing toast. Yeah, and it's Kakistos. And but he Giles recognizes the name, so he rushes off to the library and, um looks it up and finds that that it's one he's one of the most brutal vampires around and he's so old that his hands and feet have become cloven now pause are we to believe that this vampire is older than the master um you know that was a question i had um when watching the episode and i i did a little digging and we we can actually discuss that a little bit in our monsterology. Okay. Or we can talk about it now if you want. We'll, we'll discuss but, it then. I, I just don't... They create a lot of um, questions and they leave it unresolved right. and unanswered and it's, you know... Right. Anyway, right. not a fan of it. But anyway... Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's why his hands are cloven. Uh... uh then they're wondering, you know, if the two are connected because, you know, Faith and Kekistos both showed up to Sunnydale at the same time. And uh, so they kind of make up a couple of plans and they head off their separate ways. And uh, on her way out, Buffy runs into Scott, who is again trying to ask her out on a date. Um to the uh, <laughs> the Buster to a Buster Keaton, um, what is it like a uh, Buster like, Keaton Film Festival? Film Festival, yeah. And she's like, okay, you know, she finally she's like, you know what, okay. And he's like, well, here I got you a little gift, and the guy told me that that this signifies 
friendship and I, and I really want to be your friend and he hands her this little box and she opens it and it's that it's a ring just like what angel gave her and she's like oh and she drops it and you know it's super melodramatic there for a second and scott's like oh i'm sorry never mind never mind and he rushes off and uh giles shows up and he's like are you okay and buffy's like no and she just throws herself out of a fucking window just out of nowhere <clears throat> and buff her Giles was like, wow, okay, I guess I'm just watching one one Slayer from now on. Wow. It was like, he's like, well, that was a bit dramatic. <laughs> um, and then he's like, well, shit, are they going to make me watch the next one too? <laughs> yeah, because there's going to be another one coming around soon. Oh, God, it's Willow. Um, so <laughs> Giles informs Buffy at that point that uh, Faith's Watcher is actually dead. And you're like, what? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. Like, obviously, <clears throat> hindsight, you know, rewatching, we know it's not the case. But I vividly remember watching um, this episode when it originally aired. Mm-hmm. And when, when Giles said Faith's Watcher was dead, my immediate thought was she killed him. She Mine killed too. Him. She killed her. She killed her watcher. She's evil. Yeah, mine too. And I thought, ooh, there's she's going to be like the big bad because of the season. She's going to be like this rogue fucking like serial killing slayer who's like, how the fuck are you going to, you know, beat how, her? How do you rein that in? Yeah, how are you going to rein that in? So I was like, oh, shit. But as we find out, because in the next scene, Buffy goes to this rundown fucking hotel and finds uh, Faith there. And Faith is trying to negotiate with the manager of the place because she's late on her on her eighteen dollars a day, which I'm like in California, yeah, fucking right. Like more like three hundred and eighteen dollars a day. Anyway, so Buffy's there and she closes the door behind the the guy. Oh, and, um, real quick, yeah. Faith was ready to blow that guy, right? <laughs> That's what I thought. Because she's always like starts flirting with him, and and she's like, "Well," and he's like, "Listen, it's not like I own the place. I'm, you know, I just I got to do what." I, and she's like, "Yeah, but I bet you can someday own it." You know, <laughs> and I was like, "Right." And and then he says, "Not if I keep listening to broads like you." Yeah, and I was like, "Uh oh!" I was waiting for the which, porn music to cue in at that point. Right. What which, do you mean, which, listen to broads like me? <laughs> which to me indicates like he's been in this situation before, and girls like Faith, yeah, have have uh, you know paid. He, he in was ways already he was already unzipping. Have paid in ways that don't involve cash. Yeah, and that's why he will not one day own that motel. Right, because yeah, exactly. So Buffy confronts Faith at that point, you know, like. Also, I'm sorry. Also, this is the hotel Joyce turns tricks in too, right? Yeah, she has her. She has a room that's especially hers. Okay. It's called the. Uh, well, this place is called the Herpy Hotel. So, obviously, obviously, Mom has a room, um, ground Permanent level, book. ground level only. Right. A little too. Little, knees are a little too old to be going up and down steps all the time. So. Right. But yeah, yeah, this is definitely the Herpy Hotel where mom goes. Those knees don't go up steps. They only kneel. They only go down, buddy. Only down. <laughs> then she has to have a, a hand to get back up. Uh, 
So Buffy confronts Faith at that point about her watcher being dead and um, this Kekistos. And at that point, Faith freaks the fuck out, grabs her bag, starts packing shit. And she's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? You know, she's like, so long story short, he Faith actually witnessed uh, Smelly Toast um, eat, like, fuck her, like, kill her, her watcher, like, fuck her all up. It, apparently, it was a female watcher. And I guess she says he did things that, like, she can't even describe. And, um, and it, it never does exactly say how she puts that big scar on his fucking face. Mm-hmm. But she apparently does that and gets, you know, escapes, runs away, and that's what she's been running from this whole time is from him. Can I, real quick, something that did bother me about this scene, mm-hmm. um, Buffy is basically at one point, like, chastising Faith for running from her problems. Yeah. I.e. Kikistos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, did you not just spend a whole summer in L.A. running from your fucking problems? Yeah. Well, at least she wasn't running from a bad guy. Like, hiding out from a bad guy. Right. Like, I get that. But still, like, the idea, like, the basic idea behind it is the same. And I was just kind of like, I'm not sure. Like, I get it. I understand why you did it, Buffy. And I certainly don't blame you. Unlike your sounds like your you are cunt, blaming her. Sounds like you're unlike getting really your judging. unlike your unlike your cunt mother and your bitch ass <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, the friends but, were definite bitch asses. But I'm not really sure you're the best person to be lecturing Faith right now about not running from your problems. Yeah, see, I took it as I took it as as more of not running from. Like I don't think Buffy can can. Um, imagine running from the bat from a bad guy like she's like you can't you you can't run from this like you're the slayer you're a slayer you gotta fucking you gotta do what you do and slay this fool and i think that's more what i don't think she's really meaning running from your problems in general i mean i could be wrong fuck i don't know i don't know what was in the writer's minds but i took it as to mean you're a slayer you don't run from the bad guys you face them and you win or you lose you know, that's what right. I took it to mean. Well, we'll we'll circle back to this um, when we finish up here, okay. because I, I have a I kind of have a reason why why that just jumped out to me. Okay, but go ahead. Oh, I forgot to mention the part where um, we find out that Trick is a pedophile. Okay. In the couple of scenes ago, when they were in, you know, when he puts the glove on to pull the pizza guy in to eat him. He has this line, and you can go back and fucking listen if you don't believe me. He has this line where he's talking about that he wants to get a 13-year-old Filipino girl's blood. That that's the best. No, he does not say that. Yes. He said, no, he says to Kikistos, you want the blood of a 13-year-old Filipino girl? I can have her here in 24 hours. Well, then that's what he said. Well, obviously, then he's had this himself. So he's a pedophile. Not. Trick's a pedophile. Okay. Let's just agree he's okay. a pedophile. We, we all know the truth. We're not going to agree to that. Come on now. Let's let's just admit that Trick, I know he's your favorite character, but let's just admit 
who he really he's, is. He's not my favorite character, but <laughs> if anything, Kikistos is the pedophile. Kikistos is he, just weird. Because Trick says he could have that for him. So, But obviously he's done this before for himself, or he wouldn't know how to procure this uh, certain... Maybe he's had to do it for Kikistos before. Yeah, I don't know. I think Trick's a pedophile. Um... So of course you do. At that point, they hear a knock at the door. Faith and Buffy do, and they look through the peephole, and she's like, "Oh, it's that manager guy again." They open the door, and nope, it's uh, Smelly Toast and his henchmen. They were just holding the dude up to the peephole. They drop him; he's dead, and shit hits the fan. So Buffy and and uh, Faith, uh, they go, they book, they dive out a back window. They get run through some alleys and into this, into a place that's come to find out is the, the lair. He's he's basically uh, funneled them into the into his lair, and uh, they uh, big fight. You know, Buffy's fighting henchmen and whatnot, and Faith's getting fucking just housed by Smelly Toast and. It's like she's just, like, scared to death of this guy. And uh, every time he punches her with those big cloven hand prosthetics he's wearing, it just looks so dumb to me. I'm like, oh, God. He looks like <laughs> like a human horse, like a furry, and he's, like, beating. I don't know. It's really it's really weird. But uh, so finally, um, it looks like he's going to take Faith out and so Buffy runs over after finishing off her her uh, henchman. Buffy runs over and she she just starts laying waste to fucking Smelly Toast. Like he's got like no answer. She's just like punch after kick after punch. She's just fucking wrecking him and then pow stakes him and nothing happens. And he fucking swats her away and it's like what? <laughs> so they continue fighting and then boom she sticks another stake in him. Nothing happens. And he's like, ah, ha, ha, I guess you'll have to have a bigger stake. Well, at that point, <laughs> Faith pulls this, like, wooden pillar-looking thing. It looks like a literal wooden pillar, and she just sticks it through him. And it goes through him like butter, and boom, he's dust. And it's like, well, goddamn, you took him out, no problem. What have you been so scared of all this time? So, the master was easily staked and killed. I don't know. I this, this is a fucking clusterfuck with this guy. Um. So we cut back to the library, and it's like the next day, and Giles is telling Buffy and that the Watcher Council has agreed to allow Faith to remain in Sunnydale indefinitely, and for him to act as both of their Watchers until another watcher is sent for faith. And um, if I was Giles, I'd be like, uh, pay increase. <laughs> like now I have to take care of two. I'm going to need, I'm going to need a little extra cashish. Thank you. Uh, um, so they're talking and whatnot. And Buffy finally reveals to the others that Willow's spell actually did work that day. And Angel's soul was restored, but it was just a little too late. 
and the vortex had already opened. And at that point, she had to she had to kill Angel to save the world. Um, she gives him the whole rundown, and uh, Giles is like, "Well, you know that'll that'll help the spell. Thank you." And um, Buffy uh, leaves, and uh, Willow asks Giles about the spell, and again says she can help with it, and. Um, Giles reveals that, that there is no spell, that there never was, which you're left to believe. He's been doing this to try to get <clears throat> get this out of Buffy to help her heal and put, move on. To to help her put it behind her. Right. Two, thing, two things about this scene. The first is, so this ties directly back to why I think Buffy's talking to Faith about not running from her problems. Mm-hmm. It is is deeper than just um, you're the slayer. This is a bad guy. You don't run from bad. Well, guys. yeah, I know what you're gonna say. Like she's, in other words, she's learned because right before, right before Buffy breaks down and tells them that Angel was cured, she says, and Giles says that um, he was given permission to look after them both. Buffy says, "Good." She really came through in the end. She had a lot to deal with, but she did it. She got it behind her. And then that's when she tells them. So right. so that's why I think it was more about just running from your problems and and the the trauma, for lack of a better term, in general, than just you're the slayer, you don't run from bad guys. Right. And the second thing is, I fucking love Giles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that he spent this entire episode, like, lying, for lack of a better term, to Trying Buffy to... about this spell to try and get her to talk about what happened. Because he knows that that's the only way she's truly going to be able to get past it and put it behind her. Is yeah. if she shares all of it, Gets it and is chest, open yeah. with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Giles is fucking one of the best characters. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Giles knows everything. <laughs> but, uh, so then we cut to uh, Buffy. She's waiting outside of a classroom, and the bell rings, and the kids come out, and it's Scott. She's been waiting on Scott, and... uh they reconcile and and make plans to uh, go later, go out later. And uh, she says, well, she's just got one thing to do that night, and then after that, she's good to go. And then we cut to her going into the mansion that uh, Angel and Spike and uh, Drew were using as their hideout. And she goes over to the spot where she had had to kill him, and she leaves the ring there um, that he had given to her right on the spot where she had to kill him and says goodbye. And she she leaves. And then the ring starts to kind of shake and... Well, first we fade to black. Well, yeah, we fade to black like that's it. But then right. the black kind of fades back in and the ring is shaking and kind of lights coming coming off of it and everything. And then, then this bright white light like kind of flashes and this naked fucking body drops... And hits the ground, and they look up, and it's Angel. He's back. 
looking all kinds of fucked up. Like he's like shivering. He looks like wet and greasy and again, obviously naked. And he's like, and then boom episode. Yes. Um, did you happen to notice when he's after he falls out of the, the, um, the uh, ether <laughs> portal portal to, to from the hell dimension and he's laying there naked um he appears to not have his tattoo oh i didn't notice that yep i was too busy yep. looking at his enormous cock i well i mean i had to rewind it because at first i was just focused on that ass yeah because i mean when he's laying there the, the dick is just it's like a full arm length away. It's just laying there like like a hose. Yeah, it's like a a baby's arm holding an apple. So, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, All right, that is the end of our episode. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this. Um, we'll we'll put it here in monsterology. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about um, Kakistos and his. Um, his cloven hooves. No, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> no, we're we're going to. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so obviously, in general, the monsterology is more vampires. Yeah, you know the yeah. the usual stick shtick. Um, Kikistos is so old that his hands have their their cloven hooves, his uh-huh. hands and feet. Um, so you had asked the question earlier. Is Kikistos older than the master? Mm-hmm. And I I was curious about the same thing and what the implications of that are. So I dug around and I actually found um, what Joss himself had to say about um, Kikistos v. the master. Mm-hmm. And Joss says, Kikistos was old. That causes the clovenness. Remember the master? He looked like a bat, a lot like a bat. The idea is the older they get, the more animalistic they become, but not necessarily the same animal. That's my theory. Okay. Okay, so So, they could have been the same age or... Right, right. They could have, you know, either one could have been older or whatnot. They could have been the same age, you know. Um, but explain to me why he was such a wimpy, weak fucking bitch. Who? Uh, smelly Toast. Well, I mean, it's not like the Master was, you know... Uh, yeah, but the Master had so many different, like, pa- the powers, like the whole fucking uh, hypnotism shit, and he was just well, seemed yeah. way more powerful. Like, this guy was weak. Um, oh, and we forgot to mention during that fight when when Buffy's fucking smelly toast up, we see um, tick, m- m- tr- tick, Trick, and another vampire, and he's like, Trick's like, if we don't help the master, he's liable, you know, he, he's liable to lose. And then th- they look at it, and then he turns and he goes, "Our prayers are with him," <laughs> and they leave. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love Trick, but um, um. But so anyway, I actually like this idea that that the longer the older a vampire gets, yeah, the more the more animalistic uh, its appearance takes. But what and, does animals have and, to do with vamp- vampirism? Well, and and here's the thing. So to to extrapolate on Joss's theory a little bit, 
So, um, vampires are, they're demons, okay. you know, right, they're, right. you know, and so each, we know from the lore that vampires are, are basically hybrids. At some point in the past, the first demon fed on a, a demon fed on a human and vampires came out of that. Sure. Well, what's to say that there aren't different different lineages? So Yeah, like the like the lineage he's from fed on a a, a, a horse right. or something. So or... let's say the demon that that the master's lineage is from fed on a bat. Took on the for, was a demon that resembled a bat. Sure. He fed on a human, yada yada, blah blah. Kakistos's uh, lineage, that original demon, had an appearance similar to whatever. Maybe what more people perceive the image of a demon being: cloven hooves, you know, cloven hands, you know, cloven, that kind cloven of thing. penis. Right, cloven penis. Yes. Well, that's a medical condition. I have that. Right. Um, I'd heard. You know. So you need to find someone um, with a cloven vagina, and you'll be you'll you'll be uh, in right, I'll be fine. Blissful matrimony. Um. So so yeah, that's kind of my uh, expounded upon uh, uh, part of of Joss's theory here. Um. And I actually I kind of like that idea. I do know, too. That... No, I do too. I have no problem with that at all. I just. I just felt like they kind of made they they built him up to be like oh shit they're like Ooh. and then he's just easily fucking owned like just housed, right. Right. and as like okay and then and they like they don't explain why he was so hard to stake because she like staked the master with like a toothpick. <laughs> oh no no she threw him over the thing and he fell on that, um uh, uh, that twisted wood shit below them but still it was like. I just wish they would say, like, as the series went on, like, ooh, if this is an old vampire, they're going to be hard to stake. You know, like, that would have been cool, right. you know? Yeah. Like, the younger um, they are, the easier they are to stake kind of thing. Right. Uh, our body count this week is nine. 113, I heard. <laughs> no, nine. <laughs> well, counting the Inferno. You forgot the Inferno that from earlier. <laughs> right. There were uh, a lot right, of deaths in that. Oops. Oopsie. Um, uh, our music this week uh, was Going to Hell by the Brian Johnstown Massacre from the album Strung Out in Heaven, it's one of my released favorite. by TVT Records in 1998. Going to uh, hell, yeah! Sorry. Uh, the Background by Third Eye Blind from the album Third Eye Blind, released by Electra Asylum Records in 1997. That's the first... Like big band, I've heard you mention in all these. Like third, um, third eye block. When was that? Nah, I probably don't know the song anyway. Uh, Blue Sun by Darling Violetta from the album Bathwater Flowers, released by Opaline Records in 1998, and Cure by Darling Violetta from the album The Kill You EP, released by Opaline Records in 2000. And yes, I know that is two years after this episode aired. The episode featured this song, but the song wasn't released on any albums until two years later. That happens a lot. It does. Um, and that does it for those. So, Jeremy, 
Yes, sir. Tell me your rating mm-hmm. out of and your final thoughts. Mm-hmm. How many mm-hmm. naked angels falling from a portal to from a hell dimension do you give this episode? There can't be enough naked angels, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> uh, let's see. Daddy? <laughs> Daddy! Um, <laughs> this is another one where I've written down my 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 rating already, and then after recapping it, I'm going to give it a three. Okay. I'm going to give it a three. I was going to go three and a half, but I feel like three and a half is a little much. There was a f- I had some issues with this episode. Nothing like major, nothing big, um, just little. And it's a lot of, I realize that I'm a nitpicker. I know this. And so a lot of it's nitpicky stuff. So it's not even anything worth bringing up. There were definitely no major flaws. It was a fun episode. It went very quickly, I thought. Um, like it flowed very quickly. There wasn't like a shitload of, you know, boring dialogue or drawn out stuff, you know, it flowed very nicely. Um, and it was just one of those little fun episodes. I, I, I think it loses points with me with smelly toast and kind of how he was built up as like pretty significant, um, you know, uh, adversary. And then it just didn't, it just did. He just wasn't, um, he was just wearing a muumuu, and <laughs> he just got housed. It was just, it was, there was nothing. It was just like, oh, well, that was a big popcorn fart. And um, I think that's where it loses points with me. But other than that, I think it was a great episode. Um, it's getting Buffy back into her her routine, her life. And, um, and then, of course, the huge reveal at the end that, holy shit, Angel's back. Um, so now you're like, ooh, fuck, I can't wait for the for next week's episode. So, yeah, it's a solid three for me. Solid three. Uh, James. Yes, sir. Okay, I, I, I need a response. Um, how many pieces <laughs> of smelly toast do you give this episode? And give us your final thoughts. Uh, for me, this episode was a four. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I wish this should have been the season premiere to be, honest. Uh, it was better. It was certainly better. It, it was better than the season premiere. Um, it, yeah, it was better than Anne. In my opinion, it was better than dead man's party. Um, yeah, it really should have, should have, in my opinion, been the season premiere. It inter, it kind of, it introduces us to the, the major players, uh, for the rest of the season, it uh, it uh, kind of lays the groundwork for the the major story arcs for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I think this should have been the season premiere. Um, that being said, I don't know if that had been the case, how you deal with, you know, wanting to show Buffy, you know, what she was doing, you know, over yeah, the, the, summer. the summer when she had run away, you know, the the repercussions of her coming back, you know, like we saw in Dead Man's Party. I don't know where that fits in um, to the season if you do open the season with this episode. So I understand 
you know, the, the dynamics of doing it that way. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a much better episode in my opinion than both of those. Plus um, we, I, which I failed to mention, were introduced to faith. Right. Right. So. Um, uh, it's just, um, it's, it, it's the, um, it puts everything back into the status quo, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it's it's everything we previously had loved about a Buffy episode, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a like you said, you know, the re, the introduction of Faith, who, as fans know, goes on to become a major player um, in the in the entirety of the Buffy verse going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we both seem to be practically in love with Mr. Trick. Um, oh yeah. I've always liked Trick. I, when uh, I first saw him, I was like, Oh gosh, I forgot all about him. Yeah. You know, I was like, yes. Um, and of course, um, you know, the return of angel. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And just, uh, J- the, Giles continues to be my favorite character and I I like the you know it, we saw it in the first two two seasons um but I think they're really I don't want to say bringing it to the forefront but they are playing up more I think um this season so far Giles's um love for Buffy his oh, fatherly yeah. love for Buffy yeah um you know so, yeah, I mean, I'm I I I teared up. I remember I remember tearing up the first time I ever watched this episode, and I teared up again rewatching it now. At the end, when when Willow's like, I you know I could still help you with that spell, and Giles is just like, there was never any spell, and walks yeah. away. And you kind of let it sink in then that like he was just trying to get Buffy to talk about it with them and. And, you know, uh, put it out there so that she could deal with her feelings and and move past it. Yep. Um, it's so it's so good. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's a solid four for me. All righty. Uh, do you know what episode we're going to do next week? Um, next week, I believe, is. Beauty and the Beasts. That's, yes, season three, episode four, Beauty and the Beasts. Yes. Uh, James. Yes, sir. How do our legions, legions of fans, how would they get in contact with us? Uh, they don't. They <laughs> okay, don't. okay. All right, they fair don't. enough. Um, no. Uh, we are hidden. We are in the fortress of solitude, and you are unable to contact us. Right. Uh, no, uh, they can go to buffyrevisited.com, dot uh, com, and they will find links to our Facebook and our YouTube. Uh, on our YouTube channel, you can watch the video version of this very podcast that you are listening to right now. This which, one? in my opinion, this one. Wait, is this now my- or is now now? Uh, now is later okay but it is before okay okay i got you i got you okay um and i'll be honest with you um i listen 
this pod to this podcast. Mm-hmm. This very one we're recording right now every Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you, no, now, I listen to the, I listen to the podcast every Monday, and uh, uh, I enjoy listening to it. Um, but I I my preferred method, honestly, is often to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's there's a lot of nuance that just listening to it, um, yeah, people, you don't people get, miss, yeah, yeah, right. You you don't get to see us our interacting with each other, our facial expressions, um, that Tw- kind of stuff. Tweaking, so our I own do nipples. urge people tweaking our nipples. Yeah. Um, so I do urge people to, uh, if you are a, a solid listener of the podcast, um, and you haven't checked out the video version on YouTube, go check it out. Um, but, uh, regardless, they can reach out to us there, um, in the comments section of, uh, of the videos. Um, the other link will take you to our Facebook page where you can, uh, send us messages. Um, you and can that comment really is on... the best way, either that or email really is the best way to, uh, contact um, us. Cause those are monitored pretty, pretty closely. Right. Um, and the, so is the YouTube. Um, or yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, or or um, reach out to us in in the Facebook uh, comment section on any of our posts. And don't forget, uh, as Jeremy OnlyFans.com/slash/nipples galore. Yes. Um, I wonder if that's Jeremy, a real OnlyFans. <laughs> Somebody... I don't know. <laughs> as Jeremy, uh, as Jeremy previously mentioned, you can email us. Uh, there's a link uh, uh, on our website for that. It is Buffy Revisited at gmail.com. Feel free to email us uh, to talk about uh, any specific episodes of Buffy or Angel you want to talk about or either of the series as a whole uh, or the Buffyverse in general. We would love for you guys to reach out to us on any of those methods uh, so we can talk about uh, uh, the Buffyverse with you guys. Um, we say that pretty much every episode. We do sincerely mean it. We we love this universe um, as much as we may joke about it or uh, or even <laughs> tear it down a little bit sometimes. Lambaste it. Um, right. We do love it. Um, and we would honestly love to have um, uh, serious conversation uh, with other like-minded fans about, about this universe. Um, get your thoughts and your opinions and your theories about uh, – what's going on in, in all of these episodes. So uh, please reach out to us um, in any way you see fit. Please do, because if you don't, that. soon I, I fear James is going to harm himself. Um, he might take that twisty straw and just cram it up his nose into his cranium. Right into my brain. <laughs> right into, right the old, into my brain. Right into the but old. Jer- Jeremy's going to get a phone call from, from someone and be like, Brush up the crazy straw right up his nose into his brain, and he's dead. The medulla oblongata, right in there, <laughs> buddy. Yeah, reach out to us. Don't make don't make this semicolon tattoo pointless. That's right. No, That's just, right. <laughs> wow, that went. I'm kidding. I'm wow. kidding. This is a safe place. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, as we said, <laughs> next week will be season three, episode four, Beauty and the Beasts. James, you have any final words? Uh, no, just, uh, I, I think we mentioned it at the end of last week, um, setting up for faith, hope and trick this week. Uh, I do think with this, with this episode, um, our season 
really kicks kicks into high gear. Oh yeah, we're we're the fourth season. We've dropped down in the fourth gear at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the rest of the episodes right now for the season and I, I don't think there's a bad one in them. Lots of winners, I know that. Yeah, like I I it could just be my memory failing me because it's been a while since I've watched them all, but and your dementia. Yeah. And my dementia. But uh but yeah, I'm not seeing anything here that I remember as as a bad episode. I think we're I think we're in for a run of fours, potentially fives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here, I, but so. I, you know us, I'm sure we'll find things to laugh about and there'll always know, be things to laugh about and, and and nitpick, but uh, that's, what that's we do. never that's what we do, but it's never going to change uh the quality of the episode and our love for it. Right. As well as our nipples. So. Um so Wait, our change our love for our nipples yeah we'll never change our love for our nipples okay all right well with all that being said uh thanks for joining us this week we look forward to seeing you next week i've been one of your hosts i'm Ermy j i'm your other host ames j i bay ta-ta ta-ta